so Gunnar, it, it feels like we haven't done an episode in like forever. It feels like uh it feels like it's been a year. Yeah, at least. Yeah. And and like you know, like we're slowly but surely getting to two fifty. We we need to do a a pool as to you know, like how they often do like uh <laughs> when when a baby's gonna be born, the pool of when it's gonna be born. Um they yeah. do you know, see what the Vegas line is for uh when we hit two fifty. Well, you know, the joke would be on them because we're going to asymptotically approach 250. We're going to do like 249 and then 249 and a half and then 249 yeah. and a half chapter three. Oh, no, I, I thought it would be like a denial of service uh, thing where it's like we space it out. Like, like we double the length of the, <laughs> of the the time between episodes to the point where, um, but we could do it that way. <laughs> do like a double binary back off, like back up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's nice to be back in the seat. It's good to be back in the seat. Yeah. Yeah. Long overdue. So what's yeah. going on? Uh let's see. Uh made it through the latest Texas weather disaster, mostly unscathed, which is nice. Yeah. A little bit yeah. of tree damage, but otherwise just fine. Um everyone is happy and healthy. Uh and I hey, recently had a you know you know, you start a new year, Dave, and you, uh, you, one of the things I like to do is I like to hose out my, my, my task system, right? Mm-hmm. Give it a nice scrubbing. And, uh, so there I was on Christmas break and, uh, and I had a to-do with breakthrough. Okay. Do you want to hear about it? Yeah. Hit me. All right. So I realized that what I should be doing with, with my, with my task lists is, uh, I should kind of. You know, I have milestones for the year. I have goals for the year, both personal and professional. And uh, it seems to make sense that you should uh, have all those goals in Todoist. And then when you create tasks, you kind of know whether you're aligned or not to your intended goals. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So indeed I did. Uh, Mm -hmm. I took my whole Todoist thing. I wiped it clean, threw all the fish on the table, resorted all the fish, and got myself uh, into a new Todoist structure driven by my goals and my milestones and my personal ambitions for the year. Ah, okay. And uh, and I, I was so eager to do this. I got back to work on the first day and I was like, okay, I'm all ready to go. And uh, within 90 minutes, I realized that I had made a terrible mistake. Oh, no. Because... Uh, while that structure makes sense for me individually, it does not make sense for how my work happens, which is going from one-on-one to one-on-one or team meeting to team meeting. And when I'm in that meeting, what I need to know is what does this person need to talk about or what do I need to ask this person about, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is fiendishly difficult to have that workable and keep track of who's doing what and all the rest of it uh, in this way. So, uh that night, I went back, dumped all the fish back on the table, and rescrubbed the whole thing, uh, and went back to a system that was organized entirely around individuals. Okay. So each person that I'm working with has a project. They are the project themselves. And inside that project are all the things that they need from me or I need from them. Okay. And so I automatically have an agenda. Every time someone calls me, even if even if it wasn't planned, you call me and I have a Dave folder and it's, oh, these are all the things I need nice. or want to talk to Dave about. Very comforting to have this. And then I said, well, I've got this, but I don't, but I know I've lost my goal setting and objective setting thing. And then I realized that 
uh, many of my goals and objectives are reliant on other people to do mm -hmm. uh, or teams to do. And I need to be, and what I should be doing is holding other people individually accountable for these outcomes. Yes. And so using this manager trick, I realized if I'm holding some individual person accountable for these outcomes, then that goal belongs in their list. Yes. And if that is in their list, I can specially flag it for things like Q1, Q3, Q4, and so on. Uh, mm -hmm. And I could, I could tag these things and I can know what goals I gave them. They know what goals I, I gave to them. And I can actually track work in this way. So kind of merged the two ideas together, primarily organized by individual who I am holding accountable, and then secondarily organized by kind of goals and objectives and so on. Uh, okay. And I'm delighted to announce that this has been going now for two or three weeks, and I've never been better organized. Because huh. now I can do things like, hey, Dave, could you could you uh, go publish the show notes for later on? Mm -hmm. perhaps? I, I mm -hmm. So I go to my Dave folder, and I say, Dave owes XYZ show notes, and then I put a waiting tag on it, and now I know that I'm waiting for Dave to do something. And in my morning list of things to do, I have a whole section just for waiting items so I can see all the things that I'm waiting for other people on. Mm, okay. Great. I could, I could now, I feel like I could now run a clinic on how to, uh, how to run a, a to-doist, a uh, to-doist system. So, wow. And perhaps I have a so, great Dave as a to-doist evangelist. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And, and, uh, but did, does that, you're not talking though that the, the customer, or I'm sorry, that the, that your people with your projects have to have Todoist. No, uh, although now that I'm doing it, I have shared it with them. Even though they are not Todoist subscribers themselves, they can still see the list that I gave them. Okay. Uh, ah, okay. So if they want to, they can go participate in the system with me, but I don't need them to. Um, okay. And uh, that has worked out uh, extraordinarily well. It's great. Okay. It's great. Yeah, I was I was about to say that Todoist people would love it if if. Uh, you get some referrals and and uh, more subscribers. Everybody using Todoist. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think I've got a future career. I got a second career in uh, in this. I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they should be a sponsor for all the airtime we give them. Yes, <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's. Uh, <laughs> I should probably just go ahead and get a Todoist tattoo. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Put it on your list. Make it a goal. <laughs> Speaking of. Uh, Speaking of bad ideas, what's uh what's going on with you? I got a new router. Okay. And it was yeah. So it's like uh like I'm I'm a fan of the open source routers and you know, open WRT and uh DDWRT and all that. And and it's like, wouldn't it be great if you got one that was like out of the box that way instead of having to like jailbreak it and install it yourself? Winds up. Uh, there's a, a fine company called uh, gli.inet or, or gl.inet. Um, and so I got their model, the Flint model, and uh, it was like under 100 bucks. And it's like super fast, faster than what I had before, uh, much more stable. And uh, and what's interesting is it it's, I guess it's using newer hardware. So it's like very, very close to, OpenWRT, and I think their goal is to get enough stuff upstream so they don't have to maintain it. Mm -hmm. So it, it, you know, to get it as stock to uh, OpenWRT as possible. So it's like that's super cool. Um, it also has like a home, uh, like I forget what they call it, ad block or something that um, 
ad guard, I think is what they call it. So you actually do the ad blocking at the uh, at the router level. And and what's interesting there is that I could do the logging and like you think your network is like kind of quiet when like nobody's home and nobody's really doing anything. And I, I was like looking at the logs and it's like, holy cow, there's so much stuff like phoning home and, you know, between the phones and the Roku and all the different things that it, it's like amazing how much, like how, how chatty all these devices are. Right. Right. Well, that's not, uh, well, a lot of it isn't for my best interest either. Right. 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 Like a Roku, the Roku sending back your biometrics and what have you. Yeah. Telemetry and, and, uh, you know, and it's like, you know, you know, check it in and there's probably some app that's phoning home to, you know, help optimize my ad experience and all that stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And so that highly, highly recommend it uh, for people to, to, if you need one, uh, try it out. Wand expensive. Um, and, and, you know, it's Wi-Fi 6. Uh, a lot of fun. And then, uh, you know, every, everybody's talking about chat GPT. Have, have you uh, got into that at all? I have, I have, uh, you know, my use case for ChatGPT is um, helping start awkward emails. So to it, make them more or less awkward <laughs> to get them, well, to get them started in the first place, okay. I have, a, I find I have a blocker, you know, do, if I have to do, you know, some emotional labor on an email, I find it difficult to, uh, I find it difficult to get started staring at a blank page, but I find that if I could just give ChatGPT the prompts, uh, or you know, formulate the current prompts. It'll write an email that's like eighty percent of the way there, and then I'm just yes. copy editing, right? And that's great. Yes, yeah, yes. Now, I I haven't done that yet, but I've I've played with it in terms of uh, you know, uh, like like things like that. I I like you know how it it goes up to twenty twenty one in terms of its knowledge, mm -hmm. and. Uh, so it still thinks I'm at Red Hat, and and I actually had to create some articles under my voice based upon what's out that I wrote on the internet, and it's like some uh, some pretty uh, I would say close articles of not my best work is what they came up with. <laughs> so, but it was fun, you know. But and like I like you said, it's I think it's a good brainstorming thing to get past writer's block and to come up with ideas and you know water test some stuff so um yeah but the, to me that whole thing is fascinating and it i guess this week as we're recording uh you know rumor has it that google's gonna release theirs because they're worried that um chat gpt is going to get all the mind share and all that so um sure. it'll be neat to see the competition going on and and also the how things can horribly go wrong. It's I, I can imagine by rushing this stuff to market too quickly, it could be bad. Yeah. Right. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we got, we got plenty of good stuff uh, on the show. Uh, other relevant news. It's, that's making headlines. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about uh, Mastodon. Uh, see, see if you're into that and what I've been learning about it. Uh, we'll be talking about white noise and uh, be talking about meetings. And, and so uh, uh, it's going to be fun. I love a good meeting episode. This is going to be great. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, it can't beat meeting hygiene. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so where should we send people uh, to get uh, links to uh, 
uh, the referral link for Todoist and all that. Yeah, um, they should go to uh, dgshow.org. That's uh, D as in Dave, G as in Gunner, show.org. And on Twitter at dgshow, D-O-T-O-R-G. And uh, do we have a Mastodon handle yet? We need to do that. I need to get the the intern on that. Um, yes, for sure. All right. All right. So, and soon to come on Mastodon. Yep. Yep, for sure. All right. Yeah. And uh, cutting room floor, uh, we, we have some classic uh, old-timey pictures of uh, Dr. Gustav Xander's steam-powered exercise machines. <laughs> Which are a so, delight. They're a delight. Yeah. They look super dangerous. Everybody's wearing a suit while they exercise. It's, <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, and then the other thing we came up with, uh, or we saw, was uh, that uh, you know the the Lorem uh, Ipsum, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, there's a hipster Ipsum. So if you want to generate in uh, hipster, um, there's another one for uh, Back to the Future called uh, DeLorean Ipsum. Uh, so it can generate Back to the Future themed ones, but. Um, uh, did you know what the the whole uh, etymology of the the lorem ipsum thing is from? No, I I I thought it was just a lore that was passed on from from typesetter to typesetter. Uh, yeah, or a, a spell or something. Yeah, yeah. witchcraft. Um, yeah. So uh, it's Roman philosopher Cicero's uh, work, De Fibinus Bonorum et Malorum, uh, which is. Uh, on the ends of good and evil is is his work, <laughs> and uh, it's a lot of his widely used phrases. And uh, so the original passage at the beginning, the lorem ipsum, blah blah blah. Uh, it's no one loves pain itself, uh, seeks after it, and wants to have it simply because it's pain. Well, that's that's sound advice. That's yes, nice. and it's that's great for uh, work presentations and stuff like that. So. <laughs> it still has legs. <laughs> that's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So, you know, that's the other thing since we talked last, uh, Twitter keeps getting crazier and crazier. Um, are you still doing the Twitter? I punched out. I punched my ticket. I'm out. Yeah. Deleted the account. Deleted it? Deleted no way. Wow. Deleted it. Wow. I, I reached my absolute limit. Uh, there was a there. There's always been a diminishing return on time spent there, and uh, the uh, the pain outweighed the pleasure. And uh, I finally decided just to uh, rid myself of it entirely. And it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. Don't miss it. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Did. Uh, so what? What are you doing with all your free time now? Uh, oh, you know, I'm, I'm volunteering. Uh, I help out those in need, uh, contributing to my, you know, local charities, uh, and, uh, reading more Reddit. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's, that's your, uh, news source, I guess. Yeah. That's my, um, that's my temporary distraction tool of choice now is, uh, is Reddit. Okay. Yeah. So I've been, I've been poking at Macedon, which is kind of fun, um, and what's what's interesting about that, I saw somebody describe it as uh, the way social networking used to be before it got all like commercial and like, uh, you know, the feed was, uh, you know, more in your control as opposed to whatever the company thinks would be pumped to you, plus all kind of ads, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. get you to gauge more and, you know, the toxicity and all that. Um, 
and and they somebody else described it as not being performative like it is on Twitter, which I thought was a good description. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense because you're yeah. not going for the clicks, right? Yeah, yeah, and and uh, yeah, and so um, and like, are you still familiar with that the protocol uh, activity pub? Uh, yeah. I remember that back from the uh, back when uh, back when we had an internet that we controlled, there was an activity right. pump, uh, quite popular. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of like uh, RSS <laughs> if you remember it from back in the day. But what's interesting about that is it like Mastodon uses activity pub, um, and the other thing is that the different Mastodon instances uh, can uh, they can have different rules in terms of like oh this instance um. You know, anything goes. This other instance is like no hate speech or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing the instance can say is that I want a to to be five hundred characters or two thousand characters, and all that. So uh-huh. that's kind of interesting. Yep. But the other thing that's interesting about ActivityPub is that, like, you know, you would have these walled gardens like like YouTube and um, uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook. And you know, uh, and Twitter, and you would have to go to the individual apps to be able to see the content. Mm-hmm. But with ActivityPub, you can have your say, like your Mastodon account, and inside your Mastodon feed, you could subscribe to a PeerTube channel. So think of it as like a peer-to-peer YouTube. Okay. And so somebody puts out a new uh, PeerTube episode, it will show up in your uh, Mastodon feed. I see. So this is like, so the better way to think about Mastodon is not a Twitter replacement, but more like brand new plumbing for social media. And so you can conduct any kind of social media kind of experience you want. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and you could have somebody like on Friendica follow you on Mastodon and, you know, like all that stuff. So it's, it's really cool. So you could have like one account and you're following all this stuff from all over the place. And one is more video centric the other is more image centric the other one's more you know short form there's another one that does uh blog posts uh and 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 so you could have an entire blog post in your feed if you want that is like thousands of words long if you want uh, this reminds me of and i'm gonna have to go find the uh the find that there was a blog post slash essay on the top on the concept of intertwingling do you remember this uh-uh so it was it was right about the same days when everybody was getting excited about RSS feeds and yeah. uh, this idea of like personal publishing and this notion of intertwingling was um, let's let's build ourselves an app that can consume calendar information, uh, emails, all different kinds of messaging, IRC, whatever, uh-huh. and present it in a single interface. Oh, and this sounds. The way you're describing Mastodon now, it sounds very similar, just maybe with a little more sophisticated implementation on the Mac. But um, the idea here was that you would have all of your inputs kind of munch together and you would be able to sort through it and, and find it and search through it, but it would all be in one place, mm-hmm. which is uh, as a kind of a data hoarder, uh, I find this extremely comforting. Yeah. Yeah. It's all aggregated. Yep. So it's 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 sort of like Google Reader, uh, you know that it's it's one location you go to, but you're pulling in all kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah. And, and the other thing that it's like, it took me forever to figure out what, uh, to get started in terms of like picking the right Mastodon server, because that's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the servers are, um, quote unquote full and they, you know, they don't, they're not accepting new signups. And mm-hmm. so like, if, if you go to Mastodon.social, which is sort of like the main Mastodon site, um, you can't get an account there uh, directly. And um, so you got to go to another one. And I, I was always worried that it's, ah, if I pick the wrong one, what happens if that site goes weird and, you know, it's it's not representing my values or whatever. You can actually go to another site and basically, you know, pick up everything and, and get redirected to the other site, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool. Um, but for those that it's like, you want to uh, look like you're like, OG uh, Mastodon, and you want to have like a Mastodon social account. Mm-hmm. It winds up uh, you can have somebody on an existing Mastodon server invite you with an invite link. And so for you and for everybody listening on the show in the show notes, I put a link to uh, an invite for me if if folks want to get an account there. So Very and nice. it doesn't matter, but you can. Very nice. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And then um, the other thing to help people move, and here's where it stinks, is that I don't know if you saw the other news with Twitter uh, that they're not having a free tier for the API uh, access anymore. Oh, of course. And yeah, so they want to monetize that. Yeah. And so there were a couple tools that were out there that like uh, one of them was called uh, Move to Dawn, which it's like you basically go to this web page, you authenticate on both servers, and it will figure out who on Twitter has a Mastodon account and lets you follow them on Mastodon. Ah, okay. Yep. Yep. And then there's another one called, uh, it's like uh, (laughs) moa.party. And what it does is it it can either do it one direction or bi-directionally that if you post something on Mastodon, it gets posted on Twitter. And if you post something on Twitter, it goes on to Mastodon. And so it sort of like copies it. Right. Um, and then it's like, I'm reading it and it's like, you got to, and, and with both of them, you got to give uh, access to your Twitter account. And it's like, okay. And just weighing the risk and everything. And it's like, I know I, my passwords are separate. I do the multi-factor authentication. It's like, I think it's low risk if somebody wants to like hijack me and and uh, hijack my Twitter account. I'm not that worried about it, you know, mm-hmm. compared to my picking or email account. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that really tipped the the thing with uh, Moa Party is that if you go to the web page, um, it it tells you that it's like it's an open source thing that lets you do the cross posting and everything, and it it comes right out and it says no bamboozle. <laughs> So it's got to be legit, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's got a clear no bamboozle policy. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It, it probably has a an important blue check mark. <laughs> so anyhow, um, yeah, it 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 may be the kind of thing you know. Check out Mastodon. It could be a it's it's a sort of like a a quiet. I, I guess you could, you know depending upon all the people that you follow and stuff. You know, I don't think you'll be able to follow Coors Light or anything anytime soon, but, mm-hmm. um, uh, but it, it may be, yeah, a lot of, what's that? Probably a feature, not a bug. Yes. And, and, uh, 
So, you know, it's like, who knows about, you know, the publications that are going to start posting there, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, and I've even seen some, uh, like, publications, they stand up their own Mastodon server for them to, uh, you know, so they have control over their server to publish stuff on it. Yeah. And they only make it, like, available to their employees to post on, but anybody could subscribe to a, a feed there, which is kind of compelling. Right. Yeah. It's sort of like we're in your own mail server. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So try it out. Um, and then, uh, so or, or, you're, you're still a Spotify guy, right? I am. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I never got into it. Um, like I'm, I'm the kind of guy that likes to listen to albums over and over again. And I have very little variety. And so for me, it's like, I, I like buying the music and, listening to it over and over. But, uh, but anyhow, like, you know, Spotify is getting into podcasts and all that. Um, they also, I found out they also can do like play white noise. And, um, I found, I saw an article. Um, there's one guy that's making $18,000 a month, uh, by doing a podcast for white noise. So he's just juiced the uh, the search algorithm or whatever, so that he's the number one uh, white noise hit. I I guess, and well, and what he you know, it's like, like he's been doing it for a while, uh, and and he you know he quit his job, uh, in two thousand nine to focus on an app called White Noise, and then in twenty nineteen he launched a podcast, uh, that was a white noise sleep sound app, and um, it, you know using on Spotify and all that. And I guess there would be like ads at the beginning, but not like in the middle of, you know, there would be like, Hey, this white noise brought to you by course light or whatever. Um, <laughs> but then it just does the, the white noise. Right. And, um, and so it's, uh, he gets 50,000 listens a day and it uh, ranks him in the top 25% of all podcasts. Wow. For white noise. Good. And yeah. And and he has uh, five employees and contractors. Like, I mean, to me, I'm like, like, okay, what do you know? You're making white noise, you know. And it's <laughs> like, how many employees do you need, uh, you know? And but I guess the you know he has an app and it's a subscription plan and all that. And um, then there's an ad ad supported one. Um, but uh, let's see. Yeah, so the the anchor messages at the beginning of the white noise it's twelve dollars and twenty five percent, or I'm sorry, twelve dollars and twenty five cents per thousand listens, and then uh, so for him he gets six hundred twelve dollars and fifty cents a day, and then that's up the, and so you do it for like a month, and that that totals uh, over eighteen thousand dollars a month. He's he's pulling it. That's amazing. Good for him. Yeah. 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 Just to think, we we talk to create our podcast. It could we could just be doing. Think of the time we'd save with with just doing a white noise podcast. Yeah, as a, well, it's <laughs> it's sobering to think that uh, that we this would be a lot more lucrative if there was no if there was no content. Yes, yes, yes. Ironic, isn't it? It is. Um, yeah, and and who knows? People may may uh, use our podcast as a sleep aid and uh, consider it white noise as well. So. <laughs> Yep, it's true. Ah. That's true. So I guess I guess the, the lesson learned here is uh, less is more. Yes, I guess. 
or white noise is profitable. Uh, but yeah. So, um, yeah, last thing I had was, uh, the, an article called the rise of the 15 minute meeting. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, there's the, the work management platform, Asana, you know, project management, whatnot. Sure. Um, you know, they're always doing research and experiments and stuff like that. And so I guess, I guess that it was with Asana workers or somebody they partnered with, but, um, they were asked to assess, uh, the value of the time they spent on meetings and to delete all recurring meetings that have five or fewer participants. And then, uh, then they were supposed to have, uh, you know, after that sort of like calendar Armageddon, they're supposed to let it sit for you know, don't add any more meetings for 48 hours and just sort of like let that soak in for a little bit. And then if you want, start adding back the meetings that they saw as valuable. Mm -hmm. And Yeah. And the result was that the employees had shorter uh, meetings of uh, unconventional lengths. Uh, so the 30 minute meetings went down to 15 minutes and the cadence was less frequent. So like a weekly meeting, maybe a monthly meeting. Um, and then they, they calculated uh, how much time they were saving by not being in meetings. And uh, the results were they saved 11 hours a month, uh, which equates to 17 days over the course of the year uh, or three and a half weeks. Yeah. 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 That checks out. Yep. And um, yeah. And that's where, um, yeah. And that's what they're saying. Like Asana did a survey of 10,000 employees. Uh, and 40% were spending more time on video calls compared to last year. And they said that 52% admit to multitasking during meetings. No yep. surprise. No surprise. Yep. 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 Um, and then, you know, the other no surprise is that uh, almost half of the workforce in Britain and Australia uh, and over a third of the United States workers said that their workday, that at the end of their workday, they were feeling mentally and physically exhausted. Yeah, that seems like separate but related information. Yeah, it well contributing. I think. Right. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So do you, do you think uh, fifteen minutes or the fifteen minute meetings are the answer? Uh, you know, maybe you know, as you were rattling off the statistics there, I was thinking to myself, there there is a there's a countervailing force here, which is that in a meeting intensive environment like the one you and I are accustomed to living in. Um, Maybe Dave, maybe you do this. Uh, I have lots of zombie meetings, not lots. I have I have a certain number of zombie meetings or meetings that I know aren't going to last the entire time allotted. Yes. So you know, if I've got a one on one with somebody and we don't have a whole lot to talk about, neither of us are neither of us are too precious about just ending the meeting early, right? Yeah, getting the time back, yeah. getting the time back, and so. I feel like that happens a lot, especially if you feel like you have to defend your time. Uh, and I think, so some of these savings are in fact already being harvested informally. It's just not represented on the calendar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's it's like, the way I think of it is that if your meeting, your default meeting length is say an hour, yeah. Um, you're going to have at most eight meetings a day. Yes. But then I was like, ah, I know what I'll do. I'm going to switch to half hour meetings and I'm going to get half my time back. No, I ended up getting 16 meetings a day. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And then, 
Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're going to go from, you know, 15 minute meetings and it's, it's just, you know, and, and it's more and more exhausting, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, just like a boxing match of round after round. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Dave, do you block off time on your calendar in order to do real work? Yeah. I, I used to use clockwise, uh, to do that and it was helpful and, you know, cause it could like defragment my calendar and, and move things around and stuff. And I, I found that to be helpful, but, um, fortunately and with what I'm doing now, it's like, I don't have as many meetings, you know, like, you know, being owned by Salesforce, you know, we do a lot with Slack. Mm-hmm. And so like, I don't even get a lot of email. Like I, I don't even have email filters really uh, for, which is amazing. You know, it's like everything's done in Slack. And, um, so it's, it, it's, that's been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that is good. So the so the Slack story is true. I realize you're paid to say yes, but uh, is it is, is it yes? Really? Slack is amazing. Um, <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. No, I I you know it's it was interesting you know coming from you know Google Chat at Red Hat to Slack. It's just a a more featured thing, and like I know um, last year. Uh, um, Google Chat didn't have threaded meetings uh, by default, mm-hmm. and um, to me, it's like threaded meetings are the way to go. Or not, I mean, not threaded meetings, uh, threaded chats. Yeah. Um, that's the way to go. Yeah. And and to the point where I I get an allergic reaction when somebody doesn't do you know threaded chats to like uh you know change the subject. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sort of like getting a an email with a different subject uh, and it's not all, you know, clumped together, you know, and, and you could unsubscribe or follow certain, you know, threads and stuff like that. And um, I found that to be really helpful. Yeah. Uh, You know, the other thing that I've learned too, is like doing a lot with emoji for like voting and, and signaling, Mm -hmm. um, you know, where, you know, we, we always have the mailing list where somebody does like a reply all on uh, and a, a mailing list of your 20,000 closest friends, right? They do a reply all with just plus one, you know? <laughs> and it's like, seriously, it's like you just generate an interrupt for 20,000 people. Yeah. Whereas um, you could do a plus one emoji right in there and it's <laughs> you're sending the same signal, but you're not generating that interrupt. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And and I've seen people do voting too. I don't know if you've seen that too, where people would use emoji for for voting on stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's very clever. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that. And um, yeah, the other thing that I've seen as well is, um, you know, just you know, you would think chat would be for synchronous communication, but it's it's also you know you can use it a lot for like asynchronous communication. And like for sending announcements and, and things like that. And as opposed to sending it to an email list or, and I've seen people too, like you could like pre-record a video and send that video uh, to the room of, and instead of like, yeah, I'm going to do a an all hands meeting of, you know, 300 people. And, you know, it's like, it's, that's expensive. Right. But yeah. if it could just be a, a five minute video where you're just giving an update, um, you know, to me, I, I think that's pretty helpful. Instead of like a monthly all hands meeting, it allows you to be closer, and it lets it also lets people um, 
like communicate or uh, collaborate on that video. Like you could comment on it mm -hmm. in a thread. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I found that to be uh, pretty cool too. I imagine you've got to be careful about the kind of topics you want to address. I'm thinking about the, my own all hands meetings and, you know, there may be things that are uh, sensitive or controversial or some otherwise like emotionally charged and you don't really necessarily want that conducted on chat, right? You actually want that to be live, right? Yes. Yes. No, that's right. And and it's like, it's like, to me, it's like sending a video of like, you know, hey, you know, just a pep talk of it's end of quarter and let's let's close strong. And, I'm you know, I'm proud of everybody that everybody's doing. And and, uh, you know, so you can convey that like in in a video format um, without having it to be like, you know, wait till the end of quarter or whenever. It's, right. it's just, you know, and it's also the kind of thing as a leader, it's like as everybody's remote now, it's not like you could just run into them and see them in the hallway. It's it's a way to get in front of people. Yeah. And uh you know, they manage by wandering around, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, good stuff. It's great stuff. What a, what a, what, what an age we live in. Yes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. So if, if, uh, you wanted to, uh, if, if our listeners want to get into the, uh, um, uh, white noise podcast uh, space. Uh, wh where should we be sending them? Oh yeah, yeah. If they want to get into the uh, the white the white noise podcast game, or if they want to uh, get a Mastodon invite from from their dearest friend Dave X, uh, they can go to uh, dgshow.org. That's D as in Dave, G as in Gunner, show dot o r g. All right, nice. And on Twitter for now, I guess. And yeah, I guess soon to be Mastodon. I gotta, I gotta. Uh, I'll send a video to my uh, intern. <laughs> that's right uh, yeah twitter on a dg show d-o-t o-r-g yeah excellent all right gunner well hey uh good talking with you and and we're slowly but surely getting to 250 and yeah. uh thanks everybody for listening and, and be, uh, being with us on this way that's right that's right happy new year everyone